everyone, and welcome to this podcast. I'm Lori Burgoyne with AMHR Solutions. Virtual learning has become the preferred mode of learning for our clients due to the pandemic. With many employers striving to replicate the unique engagement of in-person learning within a virtual world for their leaders and individual contributors, we thought we'd share some of our learned strategies directly from our training facilitators that we've adopted to ensure a memorable learning experience. I'd like to welcome Ruben Williams, Kathleen Worthington, and Dan Giuliano from our team. Let's first start with Ruben. Ruben, you all have years of experience with in-person training delivering compelling leadership programs that incorporate experiences from your unique careers and leadership roles. When COVID hit last year and we converted our sessions to virtual, how did you make it work? Thank you, Lori. Uh, in the beginning, uh, it was really hard for me because Number one, I couldn't see the body language of people. And when you don't see their body language, you don't know how to react or understand whether or not they're getting what, you, what you're trying to get across. I like to walk around, so I couldn't walk around. So I'm like stationary. And it was hard to surf because you, you're getting the views of different people. If you have more than five, you had to change the screen so you could see what people were doing. But what I decided to do was I decided I, I needed to add more funny stories. And the reason why I was doing that is I knew if I added more funny stories, people would uh, listen, they would get engaged, and they would add some of their uh, stories too. I also started asking uh, you know, more questions for debate. For example, I mentioned the person was on a final written warning for being party, and the manager happened to, the next day, happened to drive by and see the person at the bus stop. And they knew if they caught the bus they was waiting on, they would be late again. So I asked the question, would you pick the person up or not? We had a nice, lively debate on whether or not you should pick the person up or not. Another thing that I found very helpful was the polls. And with the polling, people would answer the question and we had some lively discussion on whether or not uh, the polling answer was correct. What would they do in terms of if it was them in the real life situation? And why did they choose that particular answer? But the thing that really helped me most and I understood what was going on was that folks really like the breakout room. So I made that longer because folks enjoyed the discussion. They developed everlasting friendship. And then I decided I would make myself available after class for certain people to have one-on-one -on -one discussions. So for me, I, I had to make the transition in terms of making sure I was getting everyone engage and telling more stories and making it more lighthearted for folks. 
Ruben, this is Kathleen. You just reminded me um, of something that I did with breakouts and they do love the breakouts. You're right. And adding extra time definitely does help. What I found is each time that I ran a breakout, I would randomly put new people with other people. So they kept meeting new, different people, different perspectives, and it really helped to bring the group together. So uh, that was a little tip that I, I learned early on, and I really appreciated you reminding me of that. I think it's important that we understand as facilitators, which we do, is that folks are learning from each other as well from us. So, you know, those are really good points. And actually, I learned that from you, Kathleen. You and I and Dan had a discussion. Uh, I forget what it was about. But anyway, you mentioned that. So I started using that, too. <laughs> we learn with and through each other, and it, it's just been terrific. We certainly do. So, Dan, thank you, Ruben. Dan, what is your particular approach to ensure everyone in the class is engaged to their comfort level and truly gets something from the class? Thank you, Lori. That's a really great question. To put it in perspective for a moment, even if we were doing face-to-face training we we use oftentimes we use a powerpoint or other presentation style material even in a face-to-face basis no one likes to sit there and have someone read them slides so i'd spend as little time as possible with the presentation material available and up on the screen <clears throat> and as much time as possible with the participants in a a view where we can see each other's face and then calling people by their name and asking their opinion, and then using the name of other people to engage them as well. Questions like, well, Steve, what did you think of what Bob said? Or Sally, how would you handle that differently? And doing that manner to in engaging them. And you can, Ruben is very, very, very correct. You, you lose a lot not seeing body language. But you can see people who are more ret reticent than others in terms of joining into the discussion. And so our job as instructors is to make sure we can bring them in, not to the point where they're uncomfortable, but to the point where they can share some of the things we've just talked about, because they do learn an awful lot from each other, not just from us. That's totally brilliant. What I, what I like to do is I do something that sounds kind of corny, but I do pass or play. And so if, if it's quiet and people have been thinking or they're reflecting on a question, I'll say, okay, I'm going to go fishing. And you can either pass or play. And please play at least once during this session. But, you know, you can certainly pass. I'm not going to ever put anybody on the spot. And it helps. They kind of laugh at me and that it kind of helps. And they use their pass card every once in a while. And then other times they play. <laughs> um, I'm not quite, I, I, I'm a little bit more direct than that because I'll ask the question directed at a particular individual, but it'll be a light question and it'll be delivered in a lighthearted manner to, to Ruben's point and encouraging them to, to participate in that manner as opposed to any no way sense of form would we try to intimidate anyone or bully them into answering, but but kind of making sure they get involved in the discussion. Right, I like to try to get as many involved as possible and just keep it moving along. 
Yes. It's very clear that uh, each of our facilitators has very different background experience and styles, and that's by design so that, you know, our clients are receiving um, a a broad array of stories, um, learning styles, so it, it doesn't get boring or tired at all. Um, Kathleen, what feedback have you received from your groups that has helped you become better in this virtual world? Well, thanks, Lori. I love that question because I really truly feel we're all work in progresses. You know, we are. So feedback's a gift. And I think one of the most important pieces um, that my participants have shared with me that they really find meaningful is to keep it real. Make the training conversations relevant and real. It's not hypothetical. It's not cookie cutter off the shelf, still theory and research, but it's grounded, you know, it's grounded in research. It's credible, but yet we bring it to their life, their business world, their business scenarios, their situations, and then we unpack it. And um, I, they find that it really is valuable learning for them when I keep it real. The other thing is that I need to make sure that I am engaging them early and often. It's really the best classes that I teach are less about me even facilitating, and it's really about them. That's like a great game of volleyball, and it's back and forth and back and forth. And there's there's like respectful sparring, there's little challenges of perspective, and they're driving the learning, which is wonderful. We're just guiding it along. So that, those are two that I've found really helpful. Well, as we wrap this up, I, I want to do um, some little known facts about each of these folks, Ruben, Dan, and Kathleen. Dan was a race car driver trainer. Ruben is a lawyer. And Kathleen has worked for large manufacturing environments to insurance companies to higher education. So there's a broad array of learning experiences that they bring to the class. So let me just end with one last question. What are some of your favorite classes to teach and why? Ruben, you want to oh, let me jump in on that. Well, let me jump it's in interesting. Uh, for me, setting uh, priorities is one of my favorite classes. And, and, and actually, one of the reasons why is I give them an example of a person I'm working with. And the person said to me, Ruben, does this take me closer to my goal or away from my goal? Or is this the best use of my time right now? So I weave that into that particular course. And uh, I, I enjoy that as well as uh, developing leadership style because I go through the quadrum and I give an example of a recruiter I hired and I, I take them through the different four quadrums in terms of how I worked with and developed this person. But also, oddly enough, I, I just wanted to make one quick comment. I learned to adjust my training by watching Dan. And I said, oh, my God, he's like telling one continuous story. He's not really reading the slides. So Dan has really uh, helped me in terms of uh, developing my own style better. Thank you. I appreciate that. In terms of the course I love to teach the most, it's the conflict management problem solving. 
learned over the years that that you're always going to have conflict, but managing it and making certain that there's positive outcomes makes a huge difference in the workplace and at home as well. And so bringing skills to our participants, they can use outside the workplace as well as inside the workplace, I find particularly rewarding. Mm -hmm. And my favorite is one that's got a very long title. It's called Unconscious Bias, Creating an Inclusive and Diverse Work, work Culture. I absolutely love teaching this class. It raises people's awareness about their own unconscious biases and how they are hardwired to constantly be making judgments and assumptions about people. And through this course, they realize that there are strategies that we can use to hit the pause button and step back before we quickly go assume and judge. And people share their stories, really powerful stories throughout the class. And it's just, um, it's really meaningful for me. I learn something every single time. And I want to say that they do too. Well, this was great. I want to thank you, Kathleen, Ruben, and Dan. You're all very highly talented in addition to our other training facilitators. And we're very fortunate to have you on our team. Thanks for spending the time today. Hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. This podcast was brought to you by AMHR Solutions. From talent management, training, and compliance to compensation analysis and on-site services, AMHR Solutions is committed to meeting you where you are. For more information, visit our website at www.aimhrsolutions.com or give us a call at 617-488-8321.